Lord, you have searched us out and known us. You know our sitting down and our rising up. You discern our thoughts from afar. Be with us this day. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Singing in the choir at church has been meaningful to me since I was in grade school. My mom would drop me off on Wednesday nights for choir practice, and, and I love and have loved being in choirs, not because of my great ability to break out as a solo artist, but more because it feels really good to sing together and to create sounds that are more robust and beautiful together. And truth be told, my time in choirs has bound me together in closeness of friendship and community in ways that when I felt untethered to God in other ways, singing in church and with a choir kept me in these houses of God. And and, and in singing together, creativity flowed. People brought different gifts of laughter, of prayer, of delicious food when we would eat after choir practice sometimes. Really beautiful dedication happens when we collaborate together in spaces such as a choir. I remember as I sang in the adult choir of a previous church, <clears throat> we sang in a wedding. And the choir director was not the one directing the choir that night, so the former choir director came in. Now, he knew several of the people in the choir, and I had never sung for him before. And he saw each of us, and he challenged us. He summoned energy and sound from us that I didn't know were possible. I remember standing in the rehearsal space I remember no other choir rehearsal so clearly, like for all the years I've sung. Like this stands out discreetly to me. As he directed us, he helped the choir deliver the gift of song. And while that day is meaningful to that bride and groom, it made a mark upon my memory that remains one of those jubilant, beautiful experiences that I am so grateful to have. In David Brooks' newest book, How to Know a Person, The Art of Seeing Others Deeply and Being Deeply Seen, I can't remember all those words, I have to look at it. He writes that seeing someone well is a powerfully creative act. We hear over and over in our readings today about searching and knowing. Searching and knowing. You see, David Brooks writes about how when we know someone deeply or someone knows us, it brings forth growth, a blossoming of sorts. He says seeing potential in others is like holding up a mirror. It invites them to see the possibility that you see in them. It invites someone else to see the possibility that you already see growing within them. Have you ever experienced this sense of being magnified by someone 
who has truly seen you. Maybe it's a friend or a spouse or a significant other. Maybe it's a coach, a teacher, a counselor. Maybe it's the person sitting in the pew next to you. Those who see us deeply teach ourselves, teach us about ourselves, rather. They teach us about ourselves and how we can be better together. So how do we identify those folks? Like, do you see from the outset that people are like that? Because I want to be around more people like that. All right, so I have a question. How well do you see? If I take off my glasses, I don't. I know that Carol Myers is right there next to Virginia Hill House. I only know that because I saw them. I can't actually tell who's who. I don't see well without glasses. I need help. We need help seeing clearly. It takes practice. Just like the choir practices to sing. It doesn't just happen beautifully by, or they're beautiful by themselves. And they, it takes practice. I've been reading over the last six months or so about being deeply present to self, to myself, so that I can be more present to others and so that I can be more present with the kingdom of God, searching for God. And so in all the study and prayer and relationship work that maybe you are doing on your own and that you get from the programming here at St. Stephen's and in other aspects of your life, how will we see clearly to recognize Jesus? Right, because I can trust that God knows me. How will I know Jesus? Well, our gospel today gives us a lovely example of what it means to know Jesus. And maybe the teacher here is an unlikely one because the, the teacher here is Nathaniel, who is the least excited to be in this story. You heard Mary B. read Nathaniel's words when Philip is so excited. I want to take you to this guy, the fulfillment of God's promise. And Nathaniel deadpans, can anything good come from Nazareth? And Philip says, just come and see. So Nathaniel comes along, <clears throat> and Jesus sees Nathaniel and calls out to him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. What is he talking about? Well, Jacob, from Genesis, right? Jacob deceived his father to steal the birthright from Esau. He hid his true nature to steal from his brother. Philip is, excuse me, Nathaniel's hiding nothing. He's being very clear in his true self. I don't want to be here. Look, I don't, I don't trust that this guy's the real deal. And Jesus says, good for you. Good for you for not hiding. It shows that you're trusting the process. Good for you for having questions. Nathaniel says, where do you get to know me? How, how do you know who I am? And then Jesus surprises Nathaniel. Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And Nathaniel's response is much like Thomas's response 
when interacting with the risen Lord, when he heard that, that Jesus had appeared and Thomas had missed out, and so Jesus appears to Thomas, and Thomas says, I don't believe you. I'm going to need to stick my hands in your wounds. And Jesus says, okay, go ahead. And when Thomas does, he is dumbfounded, and he says, my Lord and my God. He has a conversion moment of humility and realization. Nathaniel has the same kind of conversion from not being very pleased to be there to, I know and see who you are, Jesus. Nathaniel is our example today. His response teaches us the ways we can try to recognize Jesus as teacher, as divine presence, and as leader. He says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Rabbi, teacher, trusted authority on the law. Rabbi, you who will tell the truth, you will, who will speak the word of God. Remember earlier in the gospel according to John, Jesus tells us that he is the word, or John writes that Jesus is the word here since the beginning, with God, being God, full of grace and truth. Rabbi, teacher. That's the first way we can look for Jesus. Look to people as our teachers and look for Jesus as teacher in others. Next, son of God. That's the divine presence. Nathaniel says, oh, that's who you are. You are the, the redeemer who will remove sin. Walk in love, giving yourself fully to God. And as Micah 6, 8 says, you will do justice, walk humbly, and live lovingly and kindly. So that's the other way we recognize Jesus. See, those divine revelations are tricky ones, though, right? It's like defining a cloud. You can kind of see a cloud, and, and you can get it in your head, but as soon as you try to explain it, it's a little bit hard to do. So we pay attention through presence to the divine presence, through prayer and study and community. And then the third, king of Israel, Nathaniel tells us, you are the leader. He sees Jesus as his savior, as the one who will heal and advocate, fiercely loyal to God's word and love, leader king of Israel, who is also that good shepherd who pays attention to the sheep, deeply knowing and attentive. So will we recognize Jesus? Nathaniel can be a source of encouragement for us that even when we don't want to recognize Jesus, Jesus makes himself known to us. And then will we follow Philip's example and invite others along? Philip the eager and Nathaniel the uncertain. Community requires all kinds of readiness to work together. Because Jesus says, remember, it's not just that first conversion that's the most important. He says, I'm going to show you more. It's not over yet. Hang on. 
You need to keep staying in touch, searching me out and knowing me because I will be revealed to you. Let us hold on to Nathaniel's conversion through wonder. And his faith will be sustained through continued ministry, through getting in touch with the teaching and healing and being with Jesus. Our collect today reminds us of these three things indeed. We pray that the light of God through word and sacraments may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed. Those same three points. As teachers help us know, as the divine presence must be worshipped, and as our leader gives us rules to obey. We lean upon Jesus as our shepherd, our guide, the Holy Spirit to inspire us, to fill us with the courage that we don't think we have otherwise. And God who loves us, made us, and knows us fully. Faith is not easy. Being present with one another and our own selves is not easy. And so let us lean upon encouragers like Philip and reluctant examples like Nathaniel so that we may too live in faith. Amen.